0: For decades, it was a tradition built out in rock. Okay. Wow.
1: It's the celebration what up, what up, what up? Wow.
0: of humanity. What is oh my God, it's amazing. The best.
2: It sets you free and when you dance to it, you get the
3: radio. had to offer. I think, uh, you know, it got to the point where people wanted real music from real people and real songs from real people. Real
0: people. Somewhere along the way, it became just another casualty of financial restraint. And let's be honest, apathy. Now, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Let's go. The Bojo Radio Show is bringing it back. Welcome to Rocktober 2016. Rock-tober. Feel- 31 day celebration of all things mojo. From the boardroom to the bedroom. The biggest stars from the stage.
4: Hey guys, this is Markham and Joseph from Investe. Hi, this is Ivor Davies from
0: my house. To the theater. Dr. Charlie Tio, welcome to Rock Time. And the big screen. This is Dave Fletcher from Pirate Life Radio. You listen to the Mojo Radio Show. Plus, all the trimmings you'd expect from the rockingest month on the calendar. <laughs> Stand by. continues.
5: Now, hey everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Welcome to Rocktober. Hope you're enjoying the journey that is Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. Before we kick off, I have to say thank you for all the lovely emails, the messages, the posts, and the comments that have been passed on to us about Rocktober, the production, the way it sounds, and I have to say the killer lineup of guests we've had on the show and the stuff they've been sharing. Robbo, uh, welcome back, mate. What are we in? Week, uh, week four of October.
6: Week four of October, and the nice thing is, we have still got two massive guests to get to before October is over.
5: Yeah, I've got to say, I'm. Uh, it's been a big month. I'm struggling a bit. I, I am. Uh, I'm am <laughs> knocking down a short macchiato Buddha brew uh, <laughs> as we speak. Have you
6: seen God yet, though?
5: I haven't. I don't think I've drunk enough yet. <laughs> well, then you better get
1: another one. To create the Mojo Radio Show Buddha Brew, we've taken some of the finest beans from world centers of religion. From the Middle East, we take coffee from Yemen. We added coffee from India, home of Hinduism and Buddhism. Then we added a touch of Ethiopian coffee from the home of Rastafarians and the birthplace of coffee. And we've packed it up with just the right yin and yang to pass on all the karma that the Dalai Lama intended. The Mojo Radio Show Buddha Brew. Divination through caffeination. To get your hands on this full-bodied spiritual blend, just go to iTunes and leave us a review. Serving instructions. Keep drinking this coffee until you see God.
6: God of Rock. It is good stuff, though, isn't it? It's really nice. Peter deserves a big pat on the back. It,
5: uh, it, it's a great brew, and
6: I, I actually think people don't reckon it's real. Yeah, I don't know. No one seems to want
5: any, though, do they? <laughs> So here's the deal, folks. We met a guy called Pete Harrison who runs a little roasting, a coffee roasting company called Fish River Roasters out in central New South Wales here in Australia. And over a beer, Peter and I had a chat and created a coffee that was blessed by a Buddhist monk, insert theatre of the mind. We have taken beans from all the religious capitals of the world and made our own coffee for the Mojo radio show called the Buddha Brew, but you can't buy it. Mm. The only way you can get your hands on it is to go to iTunes, leave us a one-line review, hit up a couple of stars. We will, free of charge, send you a couple of hundred grams of Buddha Brew. And as Robbo alluded to, the drinking instructions are divination, through caffeination, you keep drinking the Buddha brew until you see God. I
6: think there's some people out there who think this is some sort of sponsorship thing. It's not. We've paid for this out of our own pocket. We just want to see you guys get a great brew and we get a few nice comments on our iTunes page, which in turn helps us.
5: Well, it does help us. But i, I got to say, the thing that's most surprising about the Buddha brew is how damn good it is. Yes. <laughs> I've been serving it at our house. Yeah. And I I did serve it to my father-in-law who'd stole a a whole kilo from me Uh, (laughs) and left left it in his suitcase. So it is good brew. It is completely free. Uh, We are not getting any sponsorship out of this. We're only doing it because it's a bit of fun. Uh, And Peter is a good mate of the show. And uh, it's there for the taking. and. Part of what you're talking about here, Robbo, is the packaging we put together, and that was done by SJ from Podcreate. Can you just get her on the line? I just want to say thank you to her for doing the design for the Buddha Brew for us.
3: Hello, Podcreate.
6: This is SJ. SJ, Robbo and Gary from the Mojo Show. How are you going? SJ.
3: Good. How are you guys?
5: Very well. Thank you. Dude, thank you so much for the wicked artwork for the Buddha Brew. Yeah. Thank you so much for the wicked
3: idea. <laughs>
5: We're loving it. It's it's a it's a big part of our Rocktober here on the Mojo Radio Show, and uh, the whole idea of it is if people leave us a review, they get this full-bodied, spirited brew, and we love your artwork. It's cool.
3: Yeah, thanks. It was a, a bunch of fun creating it. Um it's always so fun when there's a great idea behind the product, um, makes it so much easier to
5: work with. You're basically a digital nomad. I, I, we've known each other for a little while now. You do some amazing work for the Humankind Project and Anytime Fitness and some stuff that we've done together. How, how do you find it being on the road and living sort of up, up on the coast traveling to gigs around Australia and basically doing all your work out of a laptop. How, what's it like being a digital nomad, that lifestyle?
3: Um, I absolutely love it. Um, so before I was sort of got onto moving up to Byron and traveling around, I moved a lot anyway. So I think before I lived in Sydney for two years, but before that I had, I hadn't stayed anywhere for longer than 10 months. So I've always been a bit of a traveler anyway. So, uh this gives me the flexibility to live somewhere I love and then go to the cities and meet with clients that I need to meet with and then have the contact through the internet and through email.
5: So it's great. How's the impact on your creativity, do you think? Like having the freedom to do that, has, how's the, has it really impacted your own thinking and how you approach the, not the quality of your work?
3: Um, I guess it gives you the ability to work when you want to work and, um, So creativity is something that doesn't always come when you just want it to come and maybe you're trying to sit down at three o'clock in the afternoon trying to do something and it's not coming. It gives you the ability to just go to the beach, chill out and then work late at night or work on the weekend and it doesn't really matter. So I think that's really important for all creative people and I try and give my designers the same freedom um, that works for me. So if something's not coming, I give them the freedom to just sort of go and do something else until it does come later at night or whenever that is.
5: As a as a modern-day creative living the life of a digital nomad, where where do you look in this day and age for inspiration?
3: Oh, I think you can find inspiration in a lot of places. Travelling is great because getting outside of Australia really gives you a different view on what people are doing outside. I um, went to LA recently and there's just so much Epic stuff going on in Venice. You just walked out there and you're like, wow! Every shop is just branded to the, you know, to the hill. And we went to Bali actually recently, and I was blown away by how good their um, retail is out there. So I think you can find it in a lot of places, and then there's always, you know, the internet is just an abundance of of inspiration. You can see what people are doing all over the world from your house. So I think. Inspiration is definitely not a problem in the day and age
5: that you can get anywhere now. Well, dude, thank you for helping us with our little Buddha brew. Yeah. Remember, folks, if you uh, if you want some of this brew and it's uh, the serving instructions, keep drinking the coffee until you see God. <laughs> if you uh, if you want to brew, <laughs> leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, SJ. You're a legend. Thanks for helping us out. Yeah, thanks, SJ.
3: No worries. I hope everybody enjoys the coffee. <laughs>
1: 31 Days of Pure Mojo, Rocktober, on the Mojo Radio Show. So there you go.
6: Don't miss out. This is a limited edition and it's only for Rocktober. So please get onto iTunes, leave us a note. In fact, what we might do, guys, is we will pin the web address for our iTunes page at the top of our Facebook page. So go there, you'll see it, click on that, it'll take you straight to where you need to be to leave the, the comment. And as soon as we see it, you'll get a bag of coffee in the mail. Oh, you're in ideas, man. Oh, I try hard.
1: Rocktober remembers Gone But Not Forgotten.
5: Now, we have started a new segment called Gone But Not Forgotten here for Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. It's about people we have lost in the past. And rather than just celebrate the career of those people in the week or so that follows them passing, we thought we would go back and just visit some of the great stuff they've done, the messages or the influences they've left with us. So this week we are dedicating Gone But Not Forgotten to an Australian former rock star who was the lead singer of a band called The Divinals. Now, anybody who is a long-term listener of the Mojo Radio Show will know that Robbo actually still has a t-shirt mm-hmm. from the 90s,
6: mm-hmm.
5: from the Divinals. Now, it look, it's fair to say it looks more like a boob tube than it does a t-shirt. <laughs> but you were a fan of the Divinals, weren't you, and Chrissy Chrissy M.
6: Uh Yeah, Chrissy is probably one of the most charismatic people I've ever met. And I did meet her on a number of occasions through work when I was working in radio. And while she wasn't on an email or a phone call basis, we certain, she certainly knew who I was on a first name basis. And um, I spent a lot of time with her through work. And an amazing person Both on and off the stage
5: So Chrissy Amplett was a, the lead singer of a band Called The Divinals And they were very well known for this track
6: Ironically, about the only Divinal song Chrissy actually hated.
5: Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. However, what is interesting with all that is that the legacy that Chrissy and that song has left. And Mm. I would have to say that in the state of our wellness and health around the world, that song has taken on a whole new significance. Have a listen to Chrissy being interviewed about her battle with disease and how that song became so important.
1: We all think about
3: possibly getting cancer, you know, being I that I diagnosis. Cancer. I had MS, I
2: wasn't getting cancer.
3: Wasn't that enough? Chrissy has been battling multiple sclerosis for nearly a decade. Last month, she felt a lump in her left breast. She had a mammogram and it showed no sign of cancer. But Chrissy knew her body better. I was having these mammograms and ultrasounds because I had this thing, you know, I'm checking it. And it wasn't until I touched myself or kept t- touching myself, you know, but it wasn't reading. And then I said, Oh, I've got to get out. This hurts when I lie my stomach. Her instincts were correct. Chrissy insisted on a biopsy. I mean, I it was cancer, and she needed urgent surgery. Well, I'm happiest in a storm. Calm's are boring. Yeah. Do
2: you
1: encourage Australian women who are maybe experiencing something like what you experienced and have had a mammogram and been told, you know, everything's fine, but they think there's something wrong too?
3: Touch themselves. You know, I really wish now that I touch myself. It's so appropriate now more than ever. It really should be the breast cancer song, you know, for us all, and not to be pretty and, and to find the health in that really touch ourselves and feel ourselves and connect with our bodies more
6: than ever. I like a storm too. love the sound of the rain on the ground.
5: Oh, I tell you what, I've had some rain here in uh, here in Australia the last couple of months, haven't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. Now, this is going to surprise a few people, but um, as long-term listeners of the show would know that I am part of a charity called the Tour de Cure, which does long-distance cycling events. And we were cycling down through central New South Wales, one of the states here in Australia, and I met a guy who was a shearer. At breakfast one morning before we departed for our next stage of the ride, he addressed all the riders and he told his story. Now, shearers, sheep shearers, anywhere in the world are hardcore, mate, aren't they? I mean, these guys are bent over every day. Yeah. They're getting through shearing. They have got hands of, they're just rocks. It's a hard life, right? Mm. And this guy said that one morning he was on the shearing trail. He woke up in the sheds, walked outside. He greeted the, the sunrise. He stretched. And as he rubbed his chest, he actually felt a lump. He actually had breast cancer. Wow. So what was so curious for all of us standing around listening to the story was that we always associate breast cancer with just females. We don't associate it with males. But yeah. he was very clear that guys can get breast cancer. He's now had the operation, he's now is, I guess, in remission. Mm. But his message to us was guys you've got to touch yourself. You've actually got to be very aware of your body. And I just think the message from Chrissy is we're not aware of our bodies. We don't, we don't know what it feels to feel great. Mm-hmm. So we constantly are in this state of tiredness, unwellness, lethargy, no energy, no clarity of thought, no clear focus. And in doing so, I think if you're not in touch with yourself and you don't know what's right, you can't tell what's wrong. And I think today... We should really take on board Chrissy's song and the lyrics to that because it really—it was a big part of Chrissy's life, and I think it's a wonderful legacy she's leaving for us.
6: Absolutely, and you know, it's a lesson that I learnt from well, both family members and from Chrissy going through it. Is um, you know, there's uh, the men's nether reasons which we need to remember to check once a month too. So um, you know, it, not, it doesn't apply to just women at all, does it really?
5: No, it just means you're going to put down your soap on a rope and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and think of Chrissy
3: Now I'm going to show you how to make
5: Radio For so this you'll need High fidelity
2: stereophonic sound And also a bit of music And then of course Mojo Baby Yeah There's one I made earlier <gasps>
5: Robo pop quiz. Hmm. Do you know what a nootropic is? Uh, I've got a
6: vague idea. It has something to do with a natural substance that you take that helps your brain do what you want it to do.
5: Would that be a good way of putting it? Yes, close, but no cigar. Uh, (laughs) I tried. (laughs) No, you're you're kind of right. It doesn't have to be a natural sense. Nootropics, or what they call smart drugs, come in all different forms, and they are essentially, as you put it, a cognitive enhancer. And nootropics are now being used to increase, like your attention span, mm. help you focus, uh, particularly when studying or memorising information. And I heard about nootropics a little while ago through our guest today, Ryan Munsey, who was being interviewed on the Ben Greenfield podcast, which I listen to from time to time. But this was probably one of the best interviews I'd heard on nootropics or smart drugs. And as the interview went on, I, I realized that it wasn't just about smart drugs, but Ryan had so much to offer with nutrition, wellness, energy, focus, productivity, performance. He really is a one of a kind. He's got this well-rounded background. And just for where Ryan's come from to this day is he has a degree in food science and human nutrition. He in New York, he was a fitness model, he was a personal trainer, he's been a nutritionist, and now he runs the House of Strength which trains a whole wide variety including world champions on developing strength. Two-time best-selling author on Amazon and runs a really cool online podcast show called The Optimal Performance Podcast. It is very very good and he writes for Men's Fitness and lots of other uh, magazines. He really is a rock star in wellness and health, and we're absolutely delighted to have him with us today. Ryan, welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. Thank you guys so much for having me. We've already been chatting a little bit. I'm excited to do this. I can't wait. Well, I've got to say, I've been chewing Rubbo's ear off for weeks about this interview because there's so much that I know you're an expert in that I want to delve into. But just, just to put people in the picture, mate, just tell us what sort of work are you doing
7: on a normal day-to-day basis? Ooh, that's a good one. On a day-to-day basis um, right now full-time with natural stacks. so our mission with natural stacks is to help as many people as possible uh, live, the ultimate life that, that they're trying to live. And, and for us, the means by which we help with that is, you know, I run our podcast. So I am, you know, working on our podcast. Uh, we're going to industry conferences, whether it's, you know, paleo effects or Bulletproof conference. Uh, I get to talk to other experts, other people in these fields that are bringing science and theory together um, in in all forms of mental and physical performance enhancement. Uh, And, you know, as you said, I kind of have this wide variety of a background and Mm -hmm. and they all kind of come together and kind of overlap at... Uh, this this thing that we're calling whether it's biohacking or, or total human performance or uh, you know mojo what, whatever we want to call it <laughs> um, you know so so it's fun because you know one day I, I may get to to really dive deep on on nutrition which is what my degree is in um, you know I, I used to uh, own a gym I've written in 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 um, strength and conditioning magazines, fitness stuff. So, so sometimes I might be talking about physical performance and how to prepare our body or, or lose fat or, you know, increase strength. Um, and, and other times we're talking to neuroscientists about synapse density and, and nootropics and cognitive performance. We've got university studies underway on Siltep. Uh, we're in new product development, uh, they're, the cool thing is that no two days are the same uh, and we've got a lot going on and it's, it's a blast. I'm, I'm very fortunate and blessed to get to do what I do.
5: Well, there's lots for us to dig into and out of the gate, you are known as the chief optimizer at Natural Stacks. Robo and I could use a little help here, Ryan. Can we start with the brain and optimizing the brain? If you were writing a paper, and you were writing it specifically for Robbo and I, where does one start as a chief optimizer if we start with the brain and work down?
7: Hmm. You hit me with a hard question right out of the gate. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> so it's it's funny. I actually just recorded uh, a presentation this morning, and it, it, it was titled How to Get More Out of Your Brain. Um, so I, I'll I'll give you four tips that we uh, put into that presentation Um Number one, the the foods you eat when you eat them have a major impact on how your brain functions. Um, So number two would be sleep. Every single guest that we have on the Optimal Performance Podcast talks about sleep. I know it sounds cliche, um, but if if you have a kid and, and you've ever not gotten sleep at night and you see how your nerves are frayed the next day and you know, you see how edgy you can become. That's an instant look at how a lack of sleep can have a deleterious effect on our stress, our ability to deal with things, our uh, executive function, our decision-making. All of that has a huge uh, impact. Um, When we sleep, that's actually when our brain flushes toxins. Uh, And even, even in an perfectly sterile environment, if you were not exposed to environmental toxins, your brain has metabolic waste that builds up and accumulates just from normal processes. And at the end of the day, when we sleep, that's when our brain clears that stuff out, kind of hits the reset button and is ready to go for the next day. So if you're not sleeping, your your brain just cannot function at its best. Um, so I, I would I know it sounds cliche and I hate it when people come on and say sleep, but I've got to say sleep. Um, and another one would be uh, to use what's called pomodoros. Uh, if you've never heard of these. It's the Italian word for tomato, and it's actually a short work interval. And you can get, if you go on, uh, open up the internet and just search for Pomodoro, it's P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O. There's also tons of apps that you can get on uh, on any kind of smartphone. And what you do is you basically work for a a preset interval. It's usually 25 minutes, and then you have a five-minute break. And I think each, each kind of app has its own thing. But if you do, normally you do that in four bursts. So like 25-5 times two, and that covers two hours. And then you take a little bit longer break, like 20 or 30 minutes, and then you come back and you do it again. But the idea is that you never work beyond that point of, of exhaustion. You never hit that threshold where your brain is just done. So you stay fresh. The other thing that's really cool when you use these intervals is like, let's say I have to sit down and write, you know, something that is pretty daunting. If I just sit down and say, all right, I've got 25 minutes to flesh out, you know, this outline. What do I want to say? By the time that timer goes off, you're in the zone and you're writing and, and you're just like, oh man. And here's the other key. When you use these, you have to stop when it says stop and you have to start. You have to be diligent with those um, those barriers because that's where the magic is. It makes you turn it off, it makes you uh, you know, walk away and then you come back in five minutes. Um, so, so I think that's, that's a really great way for people to increase their productivity. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, that's, that's a, that's an actionable way to kind of get more out of, you know, where you are. A lot of the other stuff that we talk about um, is how to upgrade our hardware or our software system. So if you think about your brain as a computer, you know, all computers run on, you know, both hardware and software. Um, you know, so, so things like your belief system, uh, and, and also your education about the things that you're trying to do. Uh, so, uh, trying to think of an example, you know, like if, if I'm a, i'm a ceo then you know my belief system about other people and and leadership and you know my education on how to lead and uh you know things like that that's how you upgrade your your software and your hardware
5: but i reckon
7: out of the gate
5: ryan struck gold
7: rocktober gold (laughs) i reckon that's the
6: earliest gold we've ever had (laughs) (laughs)
5: I reckon straight into the goal, out of the gate, we've got gold stacked on gold stacked (laughs) on gold.
7: (laughs) Well, here I'll give you one more too, and I usually try to avoid this one because um, uh, I work for a supplement company, so I'm actually like hyper fearful that people will think that I'm always just trying to hawk. Natural stacks to nootropics but but I truly believe in cognitive enhancement and, and nootropics, so that would be another one too and, and if if we have that lined up later as another question, we can talk about that later too but uh certainly nootropics can help with uh, motivation memory creativity uh focus
2: let's let's
5: go down that track um just before i before I hit you with that, Ryan would it be fair to say that nootropics or smart drugs, and we'll we'll tap into that in just a second, is that something you would use? So if beliefs, understandings, the way you look at the world is the software upgrade you could do for a CEO or a leader, is it fair to say that, that potentially cognitive enhancement through nootropics or smart drugs would that be something that you would, in your definition, say would enhance the
7: hardware? You know, I, I think that's that's a brilliant and beautiful question because I think the answer is yes and no at the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. And let me let me elaborate. So there are certain uh, nootropics. So let's use our MagTech for example. Our MagTech is a magnesium complex. That contains three types of magnesium. One of those magnesium compounds is the only magnesium that can cross the blood-brain barrier. It has shown in studies that it increases synapse density within two weeks of use. So that would be a nootropic that is, in fact, upgrading our hardware because you now have more neural connections in your head. Which is like that's like adding more servers, you know, into you know Google's warehouse, right? So so that is that is an an undeniable hardware upgrade. Now, something like um, you know, if if we took a choline booster, which a lot of nootropics are you know, choline is, is responsible for mental processing speed. So if you kind of view the brain and and this hardware system as like a factory line or, or an assembly line, then, you know, by speeding up uh, mental processing speed with a choline booster, then you're, you're making the workers work faster uh, or maybe more efficiently. So I don't know if that's necessarily a hardware upgrade as much as it is an efficiency upgrade with the systems. Uh, so maybe that's like, you know, maybe that's like upgrading the program or, or something that's running on the hardware and software.
5: Well, kind of. I mean, I'm from if I'm taking it from a, an outsider's perspective as a listener, if we are boosting the brain magnesium levels and increasing the synapse density and you're putting in almost more servers, that, that is the actual computer itself. Like you're putting something right. into the computer itself, aren't
7: you? I mean, right. And I I, I I say that that is a perfect example of upgrading the hardware. So so yeah. for that one, I would say yes, yes, absolutely to your original question. I think the the no comes in when you talk about it, it's maybe not upgrading the hardware directly. It's just upgrading the way that it's used, where like a choline booster making the workers go faster on that assembly line. So.
5: Just for our listeners, I just think something that Ryan just said. It's, it's, I just want to be clear with this: that Robbo and I uh, uh, were not associated with this, with this brand. I just uh, the reason I, I heard Ryan on Ben Greenfield, and we talked about the product we're about to delve into called Siltep, and I have ordered Siltep myself, and I'm about to start on Siltep. But I didn't want to do it until I'd spoken to you on this interview to work out how I do it properly and what could I expect. But this is not, folks, an interview with Ryan because we are associated with natural stacks or the products. It's just because we just think it's super cool. And I've never actually heard this explained the way that Ryan can explain it to say, well, how do we upgrade our software and hardware? And God knows that and I both need our software and hardware rebooted. <laughs> I know, God knows I killed enough in my radio days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late, buddy. We're on the, we're on the comeback. Um, let's talk about... Siltep. It's a product you guys sell. And I personally am intrigued. I've ordered it to try it. It's known as a nootropic or a smart drug, and it works on different pathways in the brain. Can you take us through 101, what this product is, how it works, and how we would use it, right? Sure.
7: So I think at the, at the highest level, if somebody is not familiar with nootropics at all, um, then the way I would say it is, you know, this is something that uh, when when people use Siltep, they report feeling much more engaged and, and having an increased desire to delve into their work or their reading or whatever it is that their brain is focusing on. So, So you have increased focus and then you have an increased ability to recall and retain that information that you take in while you're on Siltep. When you take Siltep, the, the two kind of, I don't want to say active ingredients, but the, the main ingredients are um, artichoke extract and forscolin. The artichoke extract is what's called a PDE4 inhibitor. Now, PDE4 is an enzyme that down-regulates cyclic AMP. So we're inhibiting PDE4 with the artichoke extract, which is going to prevent it from downregulating cyclic AMP. Forskolin is a direct cyclic AMP inhibitor. So when we have cyclic AMP at higher levels, that is going to potentiate long-term memory. So it is that state that upgraded state that allows you or enables you, puts you into this uh, state of kind of hyper-focus and uh, and that because long-term memory is potentiated, that's why you're better able to recall and retain information. Um, So there's three other ingredients in Siltep. Um, One of them is acetyl-L-carnitine and that's an amino acid that is used to actually prevent brain fatigue. So in early versions of Siltep that did not include uh, acetyl-L-carnitine or alcar, A-L-C-A-R, uh is it's sometimes abbreviated. Um people were hitting a wall at like noon or 2 p.m. and they had to take a nap because their brain was doing so much. Um and the alcar actually prevents brain fatigue. So you're you now users are actually reporting, feeling the effects for somewhere between eight and fourteen hours depending on the person. Um and then the other two ingredients are phenylalanine and, and uh, vitamin B. So uh, everything's all natural, and that's one of the reasons that you know I try to avoid the word smart drugs. I know that the terms can and are used interchangeably, but to us at Natural Stacks, everything we make is is natural product, and we try to only talk about our products as nootropics, because in the smart drug realm, you can get into some of these synthetics like the racetams and modafinil and things like that. And um, I think we, we, we just, we try to separate from that just because we're all natural.
5: The Siltep works on a different pathway. So the other, let's call them smart drugs you've talked about, they work on a different pathway Whereas SILTEP works in a more natural sense, doesn't it?
7: I don't think the other pathways are unnatural. It, it's right. just that like the racetams, like that's not a natural compound, right? It's it's a synthetic compound. Um, the mechanism of action I don't think is any less natural. Now I think where we're we're going with this is you know, the, the mechanism of action for a lot of other uh, popular smart drugs and nootropics um, uh, like we mentioned choline earlier, right? So it's, Mm -hmm. it's working on the choline pathway. Choline and acetylcholine, as we mentioned earlier, is a neurotransmitter that's responsible for mental processing speed. So you could actually take that with Siltep and have a synergistic effect because now I'm focused, I have memory increased and my brain is going quickly. So, you know, you could take them both together because they're not, it's not like, you know they're not apples to apples. Uh, that it's not a direct comparison. And, and you know if if you so chose, you could use them both together because they're on you know they're, they're yeah different pathways or or they're eliciting different responses. It's kind of like you know one's one's a screwdriver and the other's a hammer. Um, you know so so the question then becomes not so I think in the public the question is always well which one's better. Yeah, I don't I don't always think that's the right question. You know, the, there's that saying of, you know, a, a better question gets a better answer. And, and I think the better question, you know, and the way I always turn that around to people is well, what are you trying to achieve with this? What's the desired result that you want? Um, so at Natural Stacks, we have what we call our brain food line. And we have right now we have serotonin brain food and dopamine brain food. We will finish that out uh, by introducing GABA brain food and choline brain food within the next few months. So those are four neurotransmitters that, um, play key roles in mental performance. Uh, dopamine is responsible for motivation, uh, assertiveness, confidence, uh, that drive to, to get stuff done, to do things. Serotonin is, um, responsible for mood, anxiety, fear. It's kind of like uh, the chill pill, or a lot of our customers call it vacation in a bottle. Um, you know, so I, I tell people it's, it's way better than that drink that everybody goes for at five o'clock quitting time. Uh, and, then, and then, of course, we'll have, like I said, we'll have GABA brain food, which is kind of like social bumper cars, uh, anybody who's ever felt uh, a little bit looser after one or two alcoholic drinks knows what that feels like. Uh, and then uh, choline is is processing speed. So, you know, the, I, I bring this up not to plug our products, but to say like, look, we're going to have all four of these and all four will work synergistically with Siltep. So it's like, you know, Siltep's kind of like the one that's in the middle and it's focus and memory. And then the others are, you know, which way do you need to go, you know, so if I've had a really stressful, hard day at work, I'm not going to come home and, and take dopamine. I don't need more, you know, drive and motivation than, you know, I, I would go with serotonin. I want, you know, to unwind and and to reduce cortisol and lower stress and, you know, be in a positive mood.
5: So many products that you start using, Ryan, will say, look, you're probably not going to see any benefit for a number of months, like a, like a glucosamine or a chondroitin for your joints, or whatever. So with a Siltep, if I start taking that, the product arrives, I start taking it. Is there an immediate sense that something is different? Does it take a number of weeks and or months for this to hit your system to build up enough oomph that you're gonna notice
7: something? You know, I think everybody has a unique experience with Siltep. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I will say is that, you know, I first I, I think the first time I took it was probably two, two and a half years ago, maybe more. Um, and my experience now is different Mm than because I have three years of experience with nootropics and, you know, it's three years of messing and, and experimenting and tinkering with, you know, which stacks work for me, which stacks work on which days. Um, you know, so an example of this is like, you guys know this from editing a podcast, you know, if, if you have to go in and, and edit a podcast and stare at a computer screen and and make these tiny little edits on, you know, sound waves and and video files, you know, that's a day where, you know, you need to be, you know, calm and and kind of in it for the long haul and focused. And that's a great day to take Siltep. Uh, it's probably not the best day to take a whole bunch of caffeine and you know, a whole bunch of choline and have your mind going a thousand miles an hour because you're not going to be able to sit there and, you know, do what you need to do. As a
6: full-time audio engineer, I'm doing it completely wrong then.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I'll just, I'll just move this caveman coffee away from the (laughs) console. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) No, 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 don't do
7: that. Don't do that. So, so I'm saying like, you know, coffee, we, I love caveman coffee. I love the bulletproof coffee too. Um, you know, I drink coffee every morning. Uh, I do the butter in my coffee and I do use Siltep with it. They work together very well. Uh, I I certainly don't want to discourage you from having any caffeine. Uh, I just think if you need to be focused on those mundane, tedious tasks all day long, then you want something that increases focus and memory as opposed to something that makes your brain work so fast that maybe you're thinking about something else when you should be really focusing on this task that's that's directly in front of you.
6: I feel a bit of a uh, a test coming on here, Gary. Oh, I'm all over it. Don't you think? I, I, I'm all over it. Sounds like Robo should be ordering some of this and giving it a whirl.
7: Yeah, I, I think it sounds, if that's what you do, I think SilTEP would be of huge value for you. But on the other side of this, like there are many days where, like, uh, we'll stick with you guys as an example. On the flip side, you know, on a day where you're not. Editing, if you're just podcasting, if you have them all lined up back to back to back, it may be a great day where you do want a choline booster because choline, like we said, it increases mental processing speed. It kind of helps you connect thoughts, think laterally. And as you guys are well aware, if you've recorded over 100 podcasts, you know that that's a valuable skill to be able to, you know, to link those thoughts and, mm-hmm. you know, to, to grab something that a guest said and relate it to, you know, you're, you're already thinking about where the next line yeah. of questioning is going go and um, you know so so it may be a great time for you to take a choline booster uh, and as we said earlier I mean you can take a choline booster and Siltep at the same time it doesn't none of these things have to be uh, exclusive um, and, and I think that's another thing too is you know the finding the right stack for you and the right stack for you know each specific purpose
5: just something you mentioned Ryan that I'm curious about you if we go back and you said you've been doing it now for two odd years. And we go back to upgrading our hardware. Is there any science or evidence yet to say that if I am on Siltep and or choline or a product like that, does it have any long lasting physical change
7: to the brain? So, Something like a choline booster, no. That's one where like those products will go in, you'll have a boost and as long as those metabolites and precursors are there. And then, you know, when it's like caffeine, you know, as long as it's there, you're good. And then then when you come off, it's it's out of your system and you're done. Um, something like uh Siltep, where you are potentiating long-term memory, the information that you take in never leaves. So hmm. that is one where you know, it, you're, you're cataloging memories and information in a much more efficient manner when you're on Siltup. So you're not really changing the hardware, but you are, you know, you could build that library or catalog better and faster. Mm. Um, some, something like Magtech, where we talked earlier about increasing the synapse density in those studies, it took two weeks to see increased synapse density. Within two weeks of stopping, the synapse density did go back to baseline. But again, two weeks later within taking it, um, that increase came back. So it, it, that's one where it, – and it's not dose-dependent. It, it, it mm. took a good two weeks for it to fall off, um, but it does have to be in your system there. So, so that one's kind of like yes and no. We, we talked
5: about breakfast
7: at the top of the show. I'd like your take on – Breakfast.
5: If I want to optimize my health, my brain, my mojo, what's
7: what? What do you think? Are the things we need to consider with breakfast. Uh, when we know that when we wake up, uh, our body is primed to burn fat for fuel. Uh, there's a hormonal cascade that we wake up to. Uh, it begins with cortisol. If our hormones are mm. imbalanced and working properly. Cortisol will actually hit rock bottom uh, right before bed. So we should kind of be at our calmest and most relaxed state at that point. It will then peak another maybe 10 to 12 hours later, uh, which is somewhere around 6 to 8 a.m. It is that peak that you know kind of stirs us from our sleep and gets us up and out of bed. Um, so anybody who has an issue falling asleep at night uh, or an issue waking up in the morning that's a big sign that there's something wrong with that cortisol rhythm, or, or sometimes referred to as your circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that can cause that, and, and we didn't get into individual sleep tips, uh, but avoiding blue light at night. So, uh, I don't know if you guys have, have talked about that on your show before, but uh, Not but really. blue Bloom- light blue light exposure, uh, at night is one of the biggest sleep disruptors. So here's, here's the actionable tip, um, to, you can get blue light blockers for all your screens. I have one on my computer. I have one on my phone. Uh, you can get something called a drift TV for your television and it will actually dim the blue lights. There's also a program that you can get called flux. It is F dot Lux. And, uh, that actually syncs no matter where you are in the world with your local, uh, daylight times. And what you'll notice is like the first day when the sun goes down, like your, your color pattern will change on your screen. Uh, and it'll stay that way until morning and the sunlight comes up. So, so that's really cool. Um, but, but back to breakfast. So if, if, if our cortisol rhythm is working properly, it peaks. Now, if we don't do anything, uh, don't introduce anything into our system, then uh, we have other hormones that that follow in what we kind of call a cascade, meaning that that one triggers the other. Uh, and, and some of these are are glucagon, um, growth hormone is involved in this. Ghrelin is involved in this. Um, growth hormone is the biggest one because it is uh, it, it protects muscle, uh, it promotes fat burning. And it can blunt hunger. So if you are going to try to uh, skip breakfast and fast, then it can help with that, so can coffee. That's one of the big reasons that the Bulletproof coffee um, phenomenon has has kind of really kicked in. Uh, chlorogenic acid is something that's in coffee that helps blunt hunger. Um, so for, for those of us who do skip breakfast and fast, uh, having that coffee makes a big difference in being able to go longer without eating. Um, I think Caveman Coffee has really high – I think it's their white gold. Uh, their white gold coffee has has one of the highest chlorogenic acid contents.
5: It's an interesting coffee, actually. Yeah, that, that's the one that Keith Keith Jardine talks about, at Caveman Coffee, and they've actually roasted it to before the first crack. So mm-hmm. it is one of the most – I don't know, what would you call it, Ryan? It's the most natural coffees you can get, which I think is meant to be drunk – long, with like a grass-fed butter, ghee. I think he puts in cinnamon, MCT, coconut cream. And I think he and Tate Fletcher blend it up, make it into this milky latte. But that pretty much is their breakfast, isn't it?
7: And that's what I do as well. Um, yeah, I, I take uh, coffee, I make it in a French press, I add ghee and MCT oil, and I blend that up. And I drink that from you know, whatever time I start until about, I usually try to end it at 2 p.m. I don't like to consume caffeine after 2 p.m. Um, but, you know, and, and it's somewhere in that 12 to 4 p.m., depending on my day, uh, that's when I'll eat. Um, but, you know, back to breakfast with, with cortisol peaking and, and waking us up, the worst thing that we can do uh, for that natural cascade is to disrupt the system by adding carbohydrates uh and, and it's really it's it's this is not an attack on carbohydrates the The thing here is that that ultimately leads to insulin and you don't want insulin and cortisol present at the same time they're both storage hormones uh insulin I call it the honey badger honey badger it it, it doesn't give a shit where the the sugar goes right so like uh imagine a snow plow going down a street and it just plows, and that snow just has to go somewhere right so uh, it's either going to go into your muscles. Uh, the sugar will either go into your muscles if you've been active, and that's called like glycogen. We store glycogen after a workout, uh, or uh, it goes into your adipose tissue, It goes into fat. So, you know, most people uh, would be better off to drop the carbohydrates from breakfast because even the best carbohydrate gets broken down into glucose as the usable form of energy. And then glucose is in your blood. That means cortisol has to come in. So, you know, carbs, any carb means glucose and insulin response. Now it might be small, but it's still a response. And, you know, that kind of disrupts that whole pathway that we have going on naturally. So I think the the tip here is, you know, if, if you eat a high carb breakfast, if you have even, even like, you know, fruit, it doesn't matter what the carb is, you know, drop all your carbs from breakfast for a week and see if you notice, man, I have better focus. I have better mental clarity. I'm not hungry. You know, two hours later, I don't have this energy crash. Um, and then if, if if you're a believer in that, you know, and, and that works for you, then try to push your breakfast back, you know, 30 minutes, push it back an hour, push it back two hours. And eventually you get to where, you know, you wake up and you don't eat anything uh, until, you know, lunch or, or whatever. There's no right or wrong way to to set that up. There's There's a whole bunch of you know, suggestions. And there's a whole bunch of ways that people are doing this. Um, but but that would be my suggestion. And if you're looking for breakfast ideas that are, you know, low carb breakfasts, whole eggs uh, with, uh, I love doing fermented vegetables because there's so many health benefits to those um, or, or any other kind of vegetable with your eggs. Um, there's a, something called the meat and nuts rotating breakfast. So you can pick like, list list five types of meats and five types of nuts and then you just rotate through so every monday is you know buffalo and almonds tuesday beef beef and walnuts and you know turkey and pecans and you know whatever um, and it, that's just so that you don't have to get stuck eating the same thing every day. I'm going to rewind you back to your brew of a morning. Okay. Y- you mentioned um, ghee. Are you making your own or are you sourcing that from somewhere? I do not make my own. I, I did once or twice just because I'm that kind of person I want to know what it's all about. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a giant pain in the ass. It is, isn't and it? I never <laughs> want to deal with it again. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm really fortunate. We, we've got some friends uh, at Gold Nugget Ghee. Uh, a guy named Daniel runs that company company yeah. um i get mine from him uh there's actually some local people around here that i get some from in a local farmers market as well mm-hmm. um so yeah okay and the other question i have the meat and nuts rotating diet
6: where does bacon fit in there Oh, you could absolutely <laughs> do bacon <laughs> oh, does it oh, i am in. you've sold me <laughs>
5: all five all five days man
7: all five days, all yeah, all five days, days. <laughs> yeah
5: honey bacon <laughs> bacon and walnuts bacon and pecans <laughs>
7: You have to make sure that the bacon doesn't have sugar added to it. Oh, now, damn. that's hard to find. Yeah,
6: that's still actually that's true. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Ryan,
7: could you share the story that I have
5: heard you relay before about the backstory to cornflakes?
7: Oh, absolutely. I love telling this. So <laughs> I forget what which brother it was, uh, but there are two brothers uh, with the last name of Kellogg's. Uh, one of them, uh, the the evil one, we'll call him, <laughs> I guess they're both <laughs> evil, but uh, one was, was on a, a huge anti-masturbatory uh, crusade and he ran a sanitarium in Battle Creek, Michigan, and his work was devoted to uh, decreasing the incidence of masturbation. He had tons of different uh, inventions, uh, both for females and for males, uh, to um, you know prevent this act that he found so disgusting. And this, we're talking early, early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And um, one of he he went through a, a series of different foods, and and one of the foods that he ultimately invented uh, to. Reduce masturbation was cornflakes, and his brother said, "You know, we should we should sell this." And he didn't want to. His brother said, "Well, we need to add sugar to it and, and sell it, and and you know we can make money off of it." And you know the the sanitarium doctor brother didn't want to. So then the other brother said, "Hey, I'm gonna," I started a, he started a company called Kellogg's, and now Kellogg's makes cornflakes, and that's where cornflakes came from. And that's how Kellogg's, the company, was invented. And, you know, to this day, if you go to Kellogg's corporate headquarters, they have kind of this, uh, this I don't know if it, it's some kind of like display that's like a, an homage to our roots. Well, if that doesn't if
5: that doesn't get you away from grains and cereals for <laughs> breakfast to get your mojo working from the bedroom to the boardroom, I don't know what, I mean, it's just a classic story that just – you know, it really, if, if you think about the impact this is having on, and a lot of people, we, we spoke uh, just recently to uh, Joe Rikoski from uh, Natural Force. You, you know Joe, right? Okay. Right. Right. Yes. And we talked about this of, you know, the the products and what's going into these products and how it's having an effect on our mojo in and out of work. So that's just a great, great story. Um. Just on that side of things, mate. What's a typical Ryan Dave eating look like to optimize your brain, your energy, your mojo? What's it look like?
7: Yeah, so I think the the biggest thing, like I said, um, I do not eat breakfast. So I wake up um, most days. I would say ninety eight percent of the days I have. Uh, Coffee with the ghee and MCT oil, like we said. Uh, I'm, I'm typically awake between six and eight a.m. I start drinking uh, at that point. Uh, up until, uh, I guess, the rest of it kind of depends on how the day goes, and you know whether it's a lift day or a non-lift day. Um, one thing I, I will mention before I get too far away from my morning routine: this is something that I kind of came across. Uh, it's been Probably seven or eight years because I actually had Anne Louise Gittleman on our podcast, and I told her that she was the reason I did this, and we tried to figure out how long I've been doing it. And if you don't know Anne Louise Gittleman, her uh, nickname is the First Lady of Nutrition. So she's been around for for a long time and and she's a she's a brilliant woman and, and um, but she recommends warm water and lemon juice every morning. Uh, as the first thing that you drink so I actually do a tablespoon of organic lemon juice it needs to be organic raw organic apple cider vinegar uh, with make sure it has the mother um, i do a teaspoon of himalayan sea salt and I do a dash of cayenne pepper in warm water it tastes like shit I hate drinking it but I, I honestly, I I feel better drinking it. And as soon as every day I do drink it, I, I'm like, man, I'm glad I did that. And it's just kind of become this habit. So so when I wake up, I go into the kitchen and I do that. And, and as I'm doing that, I take my pills. Uh, I usually decide the night before what my stack is going to be uh, based on what that day holds in store. Uh, and then as I'm doing that, that's when I prepare my French press coffee. Um, as I'm drinking my Uh, my detox drink is what I call it um, because it doesn't really have a name. I usually find a quiet place. We just moved and in our new place, we have uh, a porch swing outside um, and it's summer here. So I go out there and and that's where I kind of do some breath work. I set my intentions for the day. Um, Sometimes it's gratitude journaling. Sometimes it's, you know, texting or calling somebody that, you know, is in my head. Um, And then, you know, by that time the coffee's ready, I get my coffee. I do it in the blender, and then I take that and I go hit the office and and I work. If it's a lift day, I normally lift somewhere between 12 and 2 because that's about as long as I can go fasted and then still have the intense workout that I want. It's also, uh, I still want to work out with the caffeine in my system uh, because we know caffeine is a performance enhancer. Uh, So I like getting that boost of lifting with caffeine. Um, And and I don't want to drink caffeine later in the day. And then I'll usually, uh, I'll lift somewhere in that range and then I'll eat after that. I I don't have a set time. I've gotten way past that belief system of, you know, if I don't eat within 30 minutes of working out that I'm going to, you know, waste muscle. At at some point in the afternoon, I'll eat. Uh, I just like to feel full. So uh, I eat one meal. I eat all my food in one sitting. So one meal um, that's a day. Kind of, yes, that's that's kind of where I am now. I, I, through my years and, and career, and I've tried everything. I've tried three. I've tried five. I've tried six. There was a time where I was eating eight or nine meals a day. Um, now, when I look back at those meals that were, you know, eight or nine meals a day. I would just be, I'd get pissed if, if, if that was my meal and, and then I had to go on. So so with the schedule that I keep and the way that my life goes, it's really, it's very easy for me to stop and eat one time and feel full and be satisfied and move on.
6: Ryan, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a relative newbie to all this stuff. Gary's been, as he said earlier, has been into this for a long time and I'm, I'm still finding my way with a lot of this stuff that you guys are talking about. I'm interested from a lifestyle point of view, um, mm-hmm. If you were going out to dinner with friends or, you know, you'd invited out for a lunch on a weekend or something, how do you handle that? How do you not eat or do you just find something? You, do you take something that you you're happy to eat? Do you, do you go, well, we can only go here because they've got food on
7: the, the menu that, I, that I'm I'm happy to eat. How do you, how do you deal with that stuff? All of the above. <laughs> okay. I, I, I honestly, I honestly can tell you that all of the above have been real scenarios. Um, you have to remember that that I come from modeling and bodybuilding, where um, I, I, I snuck protein shakes into college football games. Uh, I, I snuck protein shakes into movie theaters yeah. um, because it was like that was back in you know when it was like, hey, I have to eat this many grams of protein and this many grams of fat and this many grams of carbs at exactly this time, and it didn't matter what I was doing, so. So to me, that was more intrusive on my lifestyle than the way I am now. Um, Now, that being said, I have high standards for the quality of food that I eat. So if I choose not to eat at a restaurant, it's less about the hunger or the time and more about that's just not a food that I'm going to put inside my body. Um, If we... You know, if I know we're going out, then then I will eat. Uh, I'll split my meals into two. You know, so I'll have like half of my food intake uh, in the afternoon, and then I'll have half in the evening. Um, you know, if it's like impromptu, um, you know, then then I kind of just go with how I feel at that time. I know that I'm not going to gain or lose. Fitness or or six pack in in one meal, you know, like like I said, that's kind of what I get. What I laid out for you was like that's my default day if I'm at home.
5: Yeah, yeah. the thing, the that, day the you thing can that I, Yeah,
7: yeah. And the thing that I love about this template is that, you know, it does give me the most variability uh, of anything that I've ever tried. Whatever you choose has to fit your lifestyle. It has to enhance your lifestyle. It can't or shouldn't dictate your lifestyle. And I think that's one of the reasons that I moved away from, you know, that typical bodybuilding eat every three hours.
5: And and, and don't get too hung up on it either. I think, isn't it Ryan, that you hear from people who are experimenting and going down this way of life that if it doesn't work out and you can't control your day or your food and you don't you can't be in the lane that you'd like to be in. Don't stress about it. Don't get hooked up on it. Just, yeah. you know, when you can return to it, which you probably be there later that day or the next day, then just get back into it again. Is that yeah, right?
7: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely it. And, and again, I think that's why I always preface, you know, when people ask me about how I do it, I always try to preface it with, you know, this is what I do because it works for me and, and it fits my personality and it fits my lifestyle. Um, and and you, you hit the nail on the head. If, if, if you try it, if whatever you're doing doesn't work for you, Um, you know, maybe, maybe you should try something different, you know, find out why figure out, you know, what, what about this isn't working and, you know, let me make some changes.
6: Would it be fair to say, if you feel like you're working hard at it, then that's probably a pretty good indication then that you should be thinking about like massaging it a little bit from the sounds of what you're saying. Like if you're finding it a real chore to stay on track with what you've decided is going to be your diet regime, does, does that sort of tell me that I should be thinking about what I'm doing?
7: I don't think working hard, um, or, or having to put effort into it is, is a good litmus test because, you know, like I said, uh, with the coffee, I mean, my coffee routine is, is pretty elaborate. And there's plenty of days where I'm like, man, I really don't want to go through with this. I don't want to deal with it. But I know that's the end result is what I want. I want to drink that special coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, uh, I guess another way of looking at it is to say that you know, eating the way that we want to eat, uh, whether or, or it depends on, I guess it depends on our standards. But, you know, let's say if your standard was, you know, organic produce and grass fed, pasture raised, wild caught meat, depending on where you live, it's not very easy to just walk into a place and get that. Um, it's very hard to eat healthy as opposed to how easy it is to eat not healthy. So I I think having to put effort into it is maybe not the right way to phrase it, uh, because because I don't think that it will happen without uh, focus and and, you know making a a concentrated effort to make it happen. You know, it's like you know we always say like if it's a priority, then you'll find a way to make it work. But I think. I think the way I would phrase it, because I, I, I do see what you're saying, and, and I think the way I would phrase it is that if it's dictating your lifestyle and negatively impacting the life that you want to live or the things that you're trying to accomplish, then you know, no, it's, it's not a good fit. Um, what, what it should do is it should make all those things better.
5: Ryan, I've heard it said before, and I'd be curious to hear your perspective on this. People say, listen to your body. And the thing for me, if somebody is either starting this journey on the journey or is having trouble staying on the journey, when you listen to your body, what's your perspective on when you know your body's telling you the right thing or whether your body's just lying to you? Like you just can't can't be asked doing it, making up all these lame
7: excuses or
5: (laughs) I am actually tired.
7: This is... (laughs) (laughs) That's your, that's your brain. Yeah. That's, and that's, so that would be my answer. My answer to this would be to learn the difference between what your body is telling you and what your brain is telling you. If you can, if you can navigate that, then yes, by all means, I think we should all listen to our bodies. Um, but we've got to figure out the difference because, um, I mean, we've, we've all been there. We've all had those days where it was like, I didn't feel like working out. Um, but you did, and then you felt better after. I mean, that was a day where it wasn't your body telling you no; it was it was your your head, it was your brain. There was something else going on. So, um, I, I do use what I call auto regulation, um, which basically means I listen to my body. Um, and you know, I, when I train, when I lift now, I'm not dogmatic. I don't, I don't try to say, well, this is what my program said I'm supposed to do today. So if it's, you know, if it's calling for a weight that I don't think my back can handle today, I'm not going to force that issue. Like I would have maybe, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so I do think we should listen to our bodies, but I think we have to figure out how to, you know, separate what our body is telling us from what our, our brain and our emotions are telling us. Yeah. That's a great, great, that's gold. Gold there, Robbo. Rocktober Gold. Before
5: we let you go, we've, you've been very, very gracious with your time, mate. and we so appra- I could talk to you for hours about this stuff. You, you, you're a fantastic guest. Um, I noticed recently you went to a Springsteen show. What was your favorite track of Springsteen's Live? Oh, my God.
7: <laughs> you All can't ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let me tell you a story here. I just got married. Uh, we, we've been married for about two weeks, two months now. Uh, we just had our two-month anniversary. Um, it was actually my wife's birthday. Uh, our two-month anniversary was. For the longest time, I wanted to propose on stage uh, at a Springsteen concert. Oh, what? <laughs> and <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't on tour when I was uh, – it, when we were, when our relationship was in that interval where it was like, you know, dude, you better hurry up and ask or, you know, it's been, it was, we've been together for seven years, right? So at some point I was just like, I, I can't wait any longer. I've got to just do it. So I figured out another way to propose. And, you know, she said, yes, we're married. Um, but as soon as we got engaged, he went back on tour. And um, I've seen Springsteen. Uh, first of all, he's my favorite singer, Um And he, we've seen him together now three times and I've seen him four times or maybe we've seen him four times together and I've seen him five times. I can't remember, but we got married and when we got married in Jamaica, we got to pick uh, the music. And if if you guys are married or for any listeners that are married, you know that in the wedding, uh, the groom gets basically no choices. Uh, You know, the the bride chooses everything. It's not just at Uh, the wedding, can I say? (laughs) (laughs) but I got, I was put in charge of the music Um, and we we were in, uh, we were in Jamaica. So they said, Hey, you get three songs. You have to download them to your phone or your iPod. And you know, it it, it has to be available offline because they don't have internet, whatever. So we walked down to the aisle to uh, the Rolling Stones. Her first dance uh, or, or signing the certificate was Sinatra. And our first dance was Springsteen. She's the one. And she's the one was the song that I was going to hold up on a sign and get him to sing when I proposed. Uh, oh, on stage.
5: nice, that's so oh, cool. She's the one.
7: She's the one. Uh, he doesn't play it live much anymore, but when this picture that you're referring to that we just saw, yeah, uh, was he played she's the one live and wow. no. Nice the first couple of bars come on and, and nobody knew what it was. And I stood up and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, I <put> <laughs> and I looked around and nobody knew what the song was. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, Donna, this was our first dance. And she was like, wow. oh my God. Yeah,
6: yeah. that's great. So- I would have to say that's my favorite one that I saw this time. The boss is really finding a bit of a resurgence at the moment, isn't he? He's really finding himself a new audience and, and, you know, he's been working hard at it, let's be honest, but he's really deserving the rewards he's seeing from all his hard work at the moment, I think.
7: Absolutely. I mean, when we just saw him, he played just under four hours and, I mean... I was tired. I, I, I mean, I was honestly like, I'm kind of ready to go home, but you don't want to say that or admit that. Yeah. And all you're doing is standing there clapping, listening mm, to music. Yeah. He's up there working hard and he's, he's getting ready to turn 67. I, know, it's yeah. crazy, I yeah. mean, huh? I think to have, to have a career that spans that many years that that influences and impacts that many people mm. and to be able to to physically do what he does, I mean that's just there's there's a lot that we can learn from him. And
5: Stevie Van Zandt, shout out to Stevie, he's a big fan of the show. He's uh, he's always on the line to us. So, <laughs> well, so uh, Bruce, Bruce is a big Bruce, Bruce is a big
6: user of the Mojo Show well, as well. Apparently we know we know him
5: as the boss. Uh, let's be fair, bossy, um, bosso, bossy, bosso. <laughs> Bosso's on the line now. Oh, not again. Somebody give us a break. is there something else to do. Can I go on tour? Um, what was the Sinatra What was the Sinatra track? Man, uh,
7: kicking the head. <laughs>
6: <laughs> we might leave that alone. And, uh, I think we've so, we so. finally found a guest that thinks a bit like us, Gary. <laughs>
7: yeah. And uh, if if you want to round it out, we walked down the aisle to uh, the Rolling Stones song "Was um, Wild Horses." Uh, I thought you were going to say oh, "No," nice. I you are going
6: to say "Can't get no satisfaction." <laughs> no.
5: Wild horses didn't drag me away. <laughs> Mate, um, we so have enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, this has been awesome. If people will want to learn more about you, as I did when I heard you with Ben Greenfield. Um, where should people learn more about you, the work you do, and Natural Stacks? So what's the, give us the addresses and we'll put them in the show notes. So naturalstacks.com.
7: And if you're in Australia, then it would be uh, the Australian. It's it's au. Uh, .com. Com A. 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 Yep. Um, all of our social media for Natural Stacks is just at Natural Stacks, uh, nothing fancy. And if you want me personally, ryanmuncie.com is the website. Um, I'm not writing on that site now. Uh, all of my writing and podcasting is going through Natural Stacks, it's going on there. Um, you know, if you want to book me for, for podcasts or, or speaking or things like that, then you can contact me. Um, through the website ryanmunsey.com um and my instagram is ryanmunsey_ now the podcast is the
5: optimal performance podcast with ryan munsey and i'd be to say i've been listening i've been i've been through the whole catalog and uh, i think it is a, it's a great great show a, a really worthy
7: resource for people to get their mojo working and it means a lot to to hear people say that i i still it still blows my mind that people say like i've spent so many hours listening to your show and uh, I'm, I'm grateful. And, and like I said, in the beginning, I'm, I'm really grateful to get to do what I do and, and love being able to help people. Isn't that the greatest reward of doing this though? I mean, people don't believe
6: me when I say, you know, do you make any money out of this? And I go, no, we don't have sponsors. We don't have anything else, but S- sadly, yeah, sadly, but we want to do it because we want to help people change their lives. Yeah. Um, and, and for have someone to say i listen to your show and i get so much out of it and i've done this and i've done that and it's
7: working for me that's so rewarding isn't it it really is it really is and and it's it's just, at the same time it's it's humbling it's it's motivating uh, and it drives you to go back and and make keep making you know that quality, but even push it more. And it's like, yeah. all right, well, well, how can I how can I contribute more? So, yeah, uh, I think it's, it's something for us to aspire to, Robbo, That someday
5: people say they've listened to hours of our show, that'd be that'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> to, <laughs> to meet
1: somebody would do yeah. that. So
5: that's yeah. our gold. That's absolutely. our that's our uh, that can go on our yellow legal pad that I know you use for your productivity and setting up that's your fine. day, Ryan. So that can be the one thing for our yellow legal pad. For the there you go, there you go, there you go. Well, you mate-
7: are paying attention.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I like your stuff mate and we uh He's just a stalker.
7: I, He's a just stalk, another dead, stalker. Yeah.
5: Set, yeah. <laughs> mate, thank you for your time. It's been a real pleasure. You've really hung in with us and we've done a really long show. But it's just
7: been compelling and uh the time's flown, mate. It's it's been awesome. Well, you told me uh how long you were on with Tate, so my goal was to go longer than Tate. Um no, but seriously, it, when you get the siltap, if if you want to email me and go over, you know, usage and, and time and dose and all that stuff. Please email me. I'm I'm happy to help you guys. I want you to get the best possible experience out of it. And I'm not just saying that for the podcast.
5: Well, I I will take you up on that because it's in the mail at the moment. I'll be getting it, I suspect, next week sometime and uh, we'll give it a crack and we'll keep our listeners in the loop as to how it's all going, what we're noticing. And um, we might even give you a call somewhere down the track so we can um, report into you and get your thoughts.
4: Perfect. Perfect.
6: You know, if you come back, you're going to have a nickname, right? I look
5: forward to it. I want to know what my nickname is going to be. Munzo. Munos. Or
6: Rhino. 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 (laughs)
5: Rhino.
6: There you go. Take it easy, man. Have a good day. All right. You guys do the same. yeah
1: Rock over on the Mojo Radio Show. The old morning latte
6: is starting to get pretty full of um, a whole bunch of products really isn't it? <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm going to say I have, as I said during the interview, I have got my order in for Siltep and I'll be reporting mm. on that over the next couple of weeks but I am super, super keen to get my Siltep and knock it down with a bit of
1: caveman coffee or a Buddha brew. Mm. On the Mojo Radio Show. It's Hey guys,
0: this is John Carabi and Marco Mendoza and from the Dead Daisies, yep. and it's Rocktober, bitches! You're listening to the Mojo Radio Show. It's
6: Good news on the boys from the Dead Daisies this week too. Did you see right. that? Yep. They're, yes, I did. yes. Uh, yeah, heading to South Korea for a, uh, a few gigs for the USO. They're going over there to play a few gigs for um, US troops on the ground in South Korea. So that's nice of them. Shout out to the boys.
5: Absolutely. Good on you,
6: fellas. One,
2: two, one, two,
5: three, four. All right. Now, to finish up this week's show, it would be remiss of us to do any episode of Rocktober. Without visiting the boss, <laughs> so well, for the second time there. this
6: show, we were just talking about him a little earlier.
5: There is no doubt that he is one of the great performers of our lifetime. Absolutely, uh, live on stage, songwriter, just iconic. Bruce Springsteen is the boss, and. I found a really interesting piece where the boss was sitting with
4: Elvis Costello and they were talking about songwriting. Have a listen to this. And for one reason I always believe rock and roll musicians, the best the greatest rock and roll musicians are desperate men. You know, it's like you've got to have something bothering you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean and I, it's I, just it's you can't always be a nice guy and in the know, song is what a, it is. You, you know. know why songs are good is because is is it's it's like in art and in love it's like hey one and one makes three and oh, I see. one and one it doesn't music if it makes two you failed my friends you know if if you're painting and you all you got is a paint and the canvas you failed if all you got your notes and your you failed you've got to find that that third thing that you don't completely understand but that is truly coming up from inside of you and you can put it in any guy you can set it any place you can you can choose any type of character uh uh but if you don't reach down and touch that thing, then you're, you're just not going to have anything to say and it's not going to feel like it has life and breath in it. You're not going to create something real and it's not going to feel authentic.
5: So what I hope we take from that, mate, is that I love that he said one and one is three. You've got to have that something else. And if somebody's sitting down to write a blog or they're sitting down to write copy for, or produce a website or write a copy for a website, hmm or they're sitting down to do a presentation at their work or a speech for a wedding. It's not just the piece of paper and the pen. And it's not just the keyboard and the computer or the keyboard and a website template to fill out. It's that desperation. It's that other piece. It's the emotion. It's the story. It's the connectivity. And I really took a lot from that because I think the great songs really move us in some way. They either move us. They paint a picture for us in our mind. Like there's something that's just not just words on a page, isn't it? And I think it's probably the same for you at a studio, I suspect.
6: Mate, everything you do's gotta have some emotion behind it, or you just it's just a it's just noise in the background. Absolutely.
5: And I I'm just gonna go back to a good friend of ours, Oksana, from mm-hmm. Impero. And Oksana is a brand and marketing specialist who has done the soap on a rope for the Mojo radio show. But mm-hmm. and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And the first story in this blog, Robo, I thought it ties back to what the boss was saying. She said, as a marketer, one of the most common distinctions that we talk about is B2B, which is business to business, versus B2C, mm-hmm. business to consumer. However, I would say it's one of the most confusing definitions we've created. Forget B2B, forget B2C. Today, we're all in the business of P2P. It's people to people. I really liked that one line and I thought if you take what the boss said and combine it with what Oksana's saying is when you're doing your speech or you're writing your web copy, you're doing a blog or you're doing a podcast, just remember that you're talking to people and we tend to think that we're selling to a business. And I hear it all the time. It's different selling to a business than it is. No, it's not. It's just P2P. It's people to people. And you need that one plus one equals three. And I think if you can find that thing that takes it from one plus one is two, it makes it the th- I think that's really the gold. That the great writers in any aspect of our life, any creatives can do. Great painters, great writers, great speakers. Hmm. I, I think the boss really nailed. It. I think I think
6: he's pretty good. That boy. I think he switched on. You know, he, he, I reckon he might have a bit of success. Probably not he's too much. He's got a career in front of him. You reckon? At sixty-seven, All right,
5: I reckon. <laughs> so from one great rock and roll icon. To an icon who's been around even before you and I were just a twinkle in our parents' eyes. Can you can you believe his last record was 1971? This guy had a record which has gone down as one of the most influential rock and roll songs and/or albums of all time. We're talking about. We are talking about
6: Chuck Berry now. The Godfather, one of the Godfathers of rock and roll, uh, has turned 90 just last week. Gaz, can you believe that? That makes me feel old. <laughs> What's really
5: cool is that at the age of ninety, he's still creating.
6: That's right. Back into the studio he goes to make a new album to uh, to we, celebrate his ninetieth. Yeah, we know him here in the show
5: as Chuckos. Chuckos, yeah, big big fan of the show. The Big C, big yep. fan of the show. The Big <laughs> C. So. To get out of this week's show. Take some inspiration, folks, that age is only relevant if you're a cheese. That's right. This is Chuck Berry rocking it out for Rocktober on the Mojo Radio Show. We is get up and dance, folks.
1: See you next time.